Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television, Bloomberg Radio. Thanks for listening, folks. We have so many headlines to get through. The S&P 500 sunk 4.4% in the biggest sell-off in two weeks. That's what's going on in the markets. This, as the president, is going to be meeting with oil executives who are reeling, reeling from that price drop. So... Lots going on on the eco data front. Obviously, as the coronavirus continues to wreak havoc on the lives of so many people from a health perspective, from an economic perspective. And then get this. And this is why I'm so glad that Congressman John Garamendi is starting off the show with us. Democrat from California, good friend of the program. Congressman, thanks for being here. I got to ask you this first question off of this bombshell report that China concealed the extent of the virus outbreak the U.S. Intelligence Committee is saying. I, you, you're on the Foreign Affairs Committee in the House of Representatives. Nick Wadhams, Jennifer Jacobs, they report, quote, China has concealed the extent of the coronavirus outbreak in its country. Under reporting both total cases and deaths, it suffered from the disease. The U.S. intelligence community concluded in a classified report to the White House, according to three U.S. officials. All right, so so what are we going to do that for to respond to this? China has cost lives. They've they've shut down the global economy. I'm outraged, Congressman, and I know a lot of people who feel that way. Well, I can certainly understand why you, a lot of people, and even I feel that way. Uh, with regard to the intelligence report, uh, since it was classified, uh, even if I had seen it, which I have not, and I'm on the Armed Services Committee. Uh, we've not had a, uh, a report of that kind uh, to the committee at all up until this moment. Um, but there's been a lot of uh, concern and uh, reporting that China misled itself, uh, that is locally within Wuhan, and then to the national government and the national government uh, also uh, bearing a, a lot of information along with a lot of people. Uh, so the, the bottom line is China was not forthcoming, and the result of that was that the uh, virus spread perhaps far more rapidly. Also, uh, the president said he shut down uh, travel from China. I represent Travis Air Force Base in California, and I can tell you that he specifically brought space several hundred people from Wuhan at the very time the epidemic was raging in that city. So uh, maybe it was shut down in some ways, but it was certainly opened in California. We we have to assume, Kevin, that uh, this virus spread very, very quickly around the world. I know, for example, that uh, I had planned a, uh, a armed services committee trip to Ethiopia and Djibouti uh, in early February. Uh, we canceled. I canceled it because I knew then that Ethiopian Airlines was running a daily flight back and forth to China, Wuhan, as well as to uh, uh, Beijing. So we said, no, that's not a good idea. Worldwide travel, this thing was everywhere very, very quickly. Is China to blame? 
uh, they certainly hold uh, responsibility and also frankly, the American government does, too, because it was extremely slow to the fight. Well, Congressman Everett, I mean, and I, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I'm not, I'm, but, but I want to stick with this China because, because you and I have had offline sure. conversations about, online conversations about this, on the record, off the record. I mean, but, and, and I want to say this without emotion and without theatrics, but China should pay for this. I mean, with all due respect, I've heard the biggest bogus in the media saying, oh, China did such a good job of controlling this and getting their testing. No, they didn't. It got out of Wuhan. How did it How did it get out of Wuhan if China and General Secretary Xi Jinping did such a good job? Then how did it get out of Wuhan? And I don't even want to have that conversation, though. But, but it, from a policy standpoint, and I'll rein it in, Kevin, rein it in. How, from a policy standpoint, can the U.S. and the global community – from a third world country to a to, a, to to Europe, how can they pressure China to have to deal with this and make radical changes so that it doesn't happen? God forbid again. Uh, the problem is a political problem. Uh, following the stars, this is a report that came, I believe, from uh, well, a, a report about China following the SARS epidemic. About uh, what years ago now, maybe a little longer, um, China put in place a very sophisticated, robust public health uh, program, uh, and it worked until the corona the novel coronavirus arrived. In which case, the politicians, the political leadership in Wuhan. Then the national government intervened to dampen and to not not allow that public health system to not only function robustly as it could have done, but also to not let any information out, thereby making it a worldwide problem. And so, yes, they did know how to how to deal with a public health crisis. Problem is, the political system didn't allow it. The same thing here in America, to bring this thing right back home once again, we have had multiple epidemics, uh, H1N1, SARS, others, uh, the bird flu, all of these things over the last 25 years. And each time it happens, we ramp up, build a big system, do a lot of testing, do a lot of vaccines, uh, and figure out how to deal with the illness. And then it goes. It subsides or disappears, and we go back to steady state funding, which is woefully, totally inadequate to protect us and to prepare us for the next crisis. Bottom line of these, these things are not new. We have seen this time after time after time down through the decades. United States government and many states governments simply have not got the money to maintain a strong public health system. And, as indicated by our president, denial of the crisis. All right, thank you, is Congressman. Absolutely, a political problem. Thank you, Congressman. We're going to have to leave it there. Much more coming up next. That's Congressman John Garamendi. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. In terms of the markets and where things go for here, and coming up, we're going to get David Dwyer on the line of Bloomberg Intelligence to talk about uh, uh, talk about all of this. But the U.S. stocks fell for the third time in four days as investors braced for a longer economic shutdown that's likely to devastate corporate profits and dividends. The dollar rose with treasuries. The S&P 500 dropped the most in two weeks with sentiment souring after U.S. officials gave sobering assessments of the pandemic's potential impact. President Trump warned of a painful upcoming period for the country, while New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said that the model showed the COVID-19 outbreak may not peak in the state, in the state, until the end of April. And that's just for New York, folks. Italy also said Wednesday it would extend its lock down. David Dwyer's on the line. David, thank you so much for coming on. He's the global director of research at Bloomberg Intelligence. We were supposed to have you on yesterday, but we got we got uh we had a toss to to the president for the uh daily briefing. So I appreciate you coming back on, David. So what are the numbers showing? You're such a numbers guy, you know all the data. What are the numbers showing David Dwyer on whether or not social distancing is working? Well, it's interesting. We, uh, Bloomberg, for the past several weeks, has really started to build uh, a, a very good set of data uh, in conjunction with Johns Hopkins uh, to really track uh, each and every country uh, and even all the way down to the state level in the U.S. Uh, and we've turned those numbers into a tracker that we're going to be putting out every day, um, starting with comparing the United States with the major European countries and trying to figure out, you know, it's, it's really the tracker is to identify when when the peak, you know, just start visualizing when the peak will start happening. Um, and, you know, it, right now Europe looks a little bit better. Uh, the United States is just resistant uh, to, to slowing at this point, uh, although I would say Europe is being driven a little bit by Italy, uh, which is, uh, is definitely showing signs of peaking, and we're looking at other countries to see if, if they'll offset the peak in, in uh just before we had to stick around for us, by the way, but before we had to break, uh, I want to ask you it, it, uh, several states. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of Arizona, for example. We've got 30 seconds left. If they haven't issued these social distancing measures, it, 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 you want to do it before it gets bad, correct? Absolutely. I mean, New York's a case and point on that. Yeah, precisely. All right. Uh, Stick around, David Dwyer. We're going to talk much more coming up uh, next. Again, we're on standby for the president's press briefing. Much more with David Dwyer. He's crunching the numbers for us. I'm Kevin Cirilli. You're listening to Bloomberg 99.1. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Kevin Cirilli on Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. We are awaiting President Trump and the Daily Coronavirus Task Force briefing to start. I'm Kevin Cirilli, Chief Washington Correspondent for Bloomberg Television and for Bloomberg Radio. My colleague's on the line. He's been so generous with us as we've navigated all of this. David Dwyer, Director of Global Research 
for all of Bloomberg Intelligence. Uh, and we're so grateful to have David on the line. Okay, so we were talking earlier about the need for social distancing and, and whatnot and how it works. There's been so many different – every day we've checked in with people all over the world for how their country has handled this. Based upon the research, David Dwyer, which European countries have handled this the best? I think it's probably too early to tell on that. What we can tell is that it hit Italy very hard, and that what we're finding is that uh, really what you're focused on right now is Italy. You know, is there going to be another country in Europe that is like Italy? And that's what we're watching very, very closely. Do you think that there will be? Uh, you know, I, again, I think it's too early to tell. That's why we have this tracker. We're putting it together, and we're watching every single day the rate of growth and hoping that there's a deceleration. You know, there's some signs that you know, Germany is, is not growing as fast as uh, you know, Italy would have at this stage you know, a couple of weeks ago. That's encouraging. Uh, France is more mixed. The U.K. is at a more early stage right now. And uh, you know, therefore, with the U.K., um, you know, we just got to hope that it doesn't keep growing the rate it's growing right now in the last couple of days, even though they're, they're probably a couple of weeks behind. And so as that happens, the president has been touting new coronavirus tests and quick tests that are more quick, two minutes, under two minutes, under five minutes. Is that going to – is that beneficial? Because one of the questions that I get from just my friends is, well, if you're cured from the coronavirus or after the two-week quarantine, can you still be reinfected? And so no, they there's – They don't ahead. know that yet. There's, exactly. There's, there's conflicting uh, opinions on that. And so because there's so many conflicting opinions, I'm wondering for someone like you who is just, you know, relies on scientific data, that's got to make your job that much harder. Well, what we've got to look at is probably the most important or most accurate numbers of the death. It's going to be harder to, uh, you, know, get, you know, it's going to be harder to have the death rates, uh, the, the actual number of deaths wrong. So we can track that. But that is obviously a lagging indicator to the new cases. Unfortunately, the new cases we don't really know. You know, hopefully those new cases are more accurate because they're probably going to be the most, at least give us an indication of the more, you know, the more severe cases. So in the last week or so, as there's been more active testing in the U.S., I think we have a better sense. But we clearly don't know, you know the magnitude of how many people have actually gotten this disease. And ultimately where that probably has an impact is, is we all know that the mortality rate, you know, which is widely perceived to be 2%, is probably overstated. And why do you think that is? Uh, just because not everybody's been tested. So, you know, if you have 150,000, 160, 170,000 cases in a country like the U.S., uh, or now over 200,000, you know, the, the real number, we just don't know. It could be twice that. And uh, therefore, the denominator is so much higher, that means the actual mortality rate is much, much lower. But don't take too much comfort in that, because the higher the number of people that have gotten it, the more carriers there are out there spreading the disease. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at CarterEconomicForum.com.